Moss and the team at Bricky Cafe in Hutton Street, Thornbury are a station supporter and Lucrish All Sports program sponsor. They love sport too, so to celebrate if you're heading into Melbourne's sporting precinct or just passing through Thornbury, mention you heard them on Pony Valley FM and they'll offer you a discount deal on a delicious coffee and roll. Bricky Cafe, just a minute from Thornbury Station, you can't miss them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram. Station sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on this Friday morning with LAS Cricket, Tommy Flanagan, as always, welcome to Liquish All Sports. Pleasure to have you on today, mate. Yeah, great to be on the show again, Wino. A very interesting uh, test series it was between Australia and India, and I can't wait to dissect it with you. Well, you mentioned interesting test series. It looked like uh, the Australians, after they won the first test, it was going to be the Australians by how much, and ultimately, we've lost the Test Series 2-1 and then obviously a draw as well in the mix there as well. So how did you see it play out? And, you know, with all the factors that were against India, so their captain, Coley, he left after the first test. That that was the test that they lost when they crumbled and lost all those wickets. I think it was on day three and Australia won that test match easily. And then they bounced back in uh, game uh, two at the MCG and, and, by the end of it, we've found themselves chasing uh, over 300 at the Gabba. And, um, look, they've got so many stories. There's so many stories left, right and centre. So, look, 2-1. Uh, how did you see it all play out? Flanders, it was an amazing uh, Test match series. Incredible series. It's one of the best Test series you'll ever see. And you've got to just love the way that those young Indian players went about it in that last game. Completely undermanned. Missing their best six bowlers, their first pick six bowlers. Missing their captain, Birat Kohli. Uh, have Rohit Sharma, who comes in um, off quarantine and, and opens the batting. He's not a natural opener. Uh, you've got youngsters like Shubman Gill and Rishabh Pant just taking it to what was the number one bowling attack in the world. You've got Rahani and Pujara standing there like stone walls uh, for the whole series, not allowing Australia to get through them easily. Uh, I, I just thought it was a magnificent performance from them. And you've got to give them full credit. Australia gave it a crack there on the last day. Whether... Um, whether we should have picked a, another bowler. We had four pretty tired bowlers in that in that Gabba Test match. Uh, all four bowlers have played all four Test matches. Um, whether, whether we should have gone with a Michael Nisa who, who pitches it up on a full length and um, challenges the pads, challenges the bold and LBW, challenges the outside edge off a, off a full driving length. Um, could have been a go. Or a Mitch Swepson, who also targets the pads, targets the stumps with his leggies. Both have got very good records at the Gabba, but we went with Stark and Lyon again, and they were a little bit tired for uh, for what was a high-intensity game with India really bringing their, their best uh, to, to that final day. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't have enough gas in the tank to take 10 wickets and uh, and win the series at home, which is quite disappointing. You, you, Australia, you expect them to win Test Series at home, uh, particularly if you're playing against a side that's missing seven or eight of its best players. So uh, fairly disappointing result for Australia, but full credit to India for a remarkable performance. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's fair to say those young guns of, of India, you know, they're going to have 10-year careers and, you know, to only have played one or two tests respectively, some of these young players that have come in, they're going to be around for a long time and they're going to grow massively from that experience. Now, on the Australian side of, of the coin, I guess Australia not picking their best six batsmen, Burns, Harris, Wade, Head, Payne, were all struggling. So upcoming for the South African series, which is only around the corner, who can you see that might potentially come in for the Australians and potentially who goes out of that side that did lose the Indians 2-1? Uh, 
Well, I think of the guys who played in in this series, you've got to look at the top order and the failures up there. Uh, injured Warner experiment didn't work. Uh, Marcus Harris came in in the last game and didn't um, really show enough. Uh, I thought Matthew Wade was pretty scratchy all, season, all series, didn't make a 50. Travis Head got dropped halfway through the series, as did Joe Burns. So were those guys the right guys uh, to pick at the start? I'm going to say no um, with a guy like Usman Kawaja, who's got um, an outstanding international record um, in in one days and in uh, and in test cricket. I, I think he could have been a person that we had in the middle order, and I think he should definitely go over to South Africa. Other ones that we could have thought about for that, um, for that last test were, were Sean Marsh. I know he's 37 years of age, but he's just, he's just a proven, um, experienced, quality player who can who can handle tough moments at international level. So I thought he may have been an option. I wouldn't take him to South Africa, but I probably would have thought about playing him in the fourth test when, when we need that extra batsman. Um, and the other one's Glenn Maxwell. I mentioned him last time I was on the show. He's, he's uh, another high-quality international batsman who who can make runs against high-quality international bowlers regularly. And uh, I think if we had maybe a couple of guys like that in the middle order, uh, building some partnerships after the, the loss of Smith and Labashane's wickets, uh, I think that was where we really struggled. You know, in the middle order, it was only really the young Cam Green who was able to show any consistent resistance there with the bat. I thought Tim Payne really struggled with the bat. And as I mentioned, the, the guys who got dropped and Warner, who was injured throughout the series, and Wade, who's... who's uh, you know, towing a very fine line going into this South Africa series. Um, I, I think there's there's changes that need to be made there at the top of the order. And as well, I, I thought it was pretty um, – uh, I, I thought I thought we should have had an out-and-out quick in reserve uh, for for that series, whether it was a Jai Richardson, who I know he's coming off a shoulder injury, or a Riley Meredith, who bowls 140s down in Tassie, uh, Daniel Sams even, who's more of a limited overs player, but – um, just get those sort of guys around that team environment, maybe something a little bit different um, than the same same that we've had with the four bowlers uh, that we've had for year after year after year. Uh, Lyon got absolutely smashed, uh, barely took a wicket and averaged over 60 for the series. Stark couldn't hit um, couldn't hit that full length. He wasn't confident to bowl the full length because he can't swing the ball without saliva. Um, so mate, if if he can't feel confident in his full delivery, then he probably shouldn't be playing because we've got Hazelwood and Cummins bowling back of a length. We don't need three bowlers bowling back of a length. Someone needs to hit the stump. So that had to be Stark. Unfortunately, he didn't have confidence himself because he can't swing the ball without saliva. So I reckon we should have picked Nisa for the last test. And I think Jai Richardson, Riley Meredith, Nisa and Swepson should all be reserve bowlers in this South Africa series. Well, well uh, reviewed there, Flanners. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where the two sides go on from this point and what selections are made for the South African series. And I suppose for India, congratulations to them. And they move up to number two in the test rankings behind New Zealand. And they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I suppose as the years go on, it's going to be interesting to see how those young players do perform in the next few years. Now, Flanners, the Big Bash is well and truly underway and we're sort of nearing the, I suppose we're sort of three quarters away through this Big Bash season. So, Look, the Sydney Sixers are locked into the finals now and then there's all the other teams, so probably six other teams in contention to make the finals and it's going to be really, it's going to come down to, um, you know, I suppose that bonus point is going to come into play as well and also, you know, I suppose it's just going to be the form of that top order and the bowling tax in that shortened form of T20. So, I mean, how, how have you seen the big bash and um, 
you know, who, 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 what players are going well and, and what teams do you think are going to be really striking towards the latter part of the year? Well, at the moment, the Sydney Sixers are far and away the best side in, in the competition at the moment. Josh Phillippe at the top of the order for them just keeps making massive runs and I reckon he'll feature in the uh, T20 series over in New Zealand, which is, is going to happen at the same time as the Test Series uh, over in South Africa. We've got two Australian teams playing in two separate countries, which is an interesting piece of fixturing there. But uh, I, think, I think he'll get a run in the, in the T20 squad that goes over to New Zealand. And their bowlers, uh, they've got an experienced bowling group. Jackson Bird, Steve O'Keefe, Carlos Brathwaite and Dan Christian are all been there, done that. And uh, I, th- I think they're going to be pretty hard to stop. They were able to knock off the Perth Scorchers, who are potentially their biggest contender. Um, they weren't able to um, put enough runs on the board. Uh, Sydney Sixers chased down the 163 at the Scorchers set and uh, 18.5 overs with seven balls to spare. And that, as I said, was uh, largely due to Josh Phillippe at the top of the order with 84 or 52. And he just continues to, to dominate this big bash. So I think um, in particular, the Sixers are going to be the ones to beat. There's other teams around the mark. The Melbourne Stars shot themselves in the foot last night. They had a great chance to consolidate their spot in the top four and then uh, coughed up the, the last three overs there against the Renegades and Mac Harvey and Bo Webster were able to uh, take Liam Hatcher to town. And, and uh, unfortunately, the Stars weren't able to uh, get the win. That's disappointing for me as a Stars man. Good, good for the uh, Renegades fans here in town, but I don't think we're going to see the two Melbourne teams featuring in the finals. I think it'll be the Sydney Sixers and one of the uh, Scorchers, the Thunder, or maybe even the striker or the hur- strikers or the Hurricanes could pop up too. Well, it's exciting stuff, and I can't wait to watch it from abroad over here in Sweden. Tommy's going to be, I suppose, epic, and I'll be watching it at all sort of weird times. I'm ten hours behind the the uh, I suppose Australian Eastern Standard Time at the moment, mate. So it's going to be epic, and I'm looking forward to watching it from abroad. As always, Tommy Flanagan with LAS Cricket. Absolute pleasure to have you on, and uh, I suppose uh, keep on keeping on, mate. Uh, Will do, mate. And you too, mate. Keep keep enjoying uh, the life over there in Sweden. 